0: It's season six, everyone. I'm so excited for this season. I cannot tell you. We have eight brand new episodes for you. If you're a Patreon member, you're going to get all of those episodes today. You can binge them whenever you want. And for everybody else, we're going to drop them every single week on a Saturday at 12pm Pacific Standard Time, that will be 8pm UK time. I would also like to say that this season we have extended the episode, so usually we have about 20 minute episodes. This episode today is over 50 minutes, so you're getting double the content for this season as well. A huge thank you to our sponsor Vicon, and also to Book Theo P-Cap and Motion Capture Orlando who support the show. We hope you enjoy it, let's get into the season.
1: Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast.
2: So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. (laughs) And then they're like... (laughs) You mean there there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like nobody said, oh, you know, here you go to
1: school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be.
0: You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Performance Capture Podcast with myself, Victoria Atkin, and Jasper Cartwright. Hey! Uh, Today, we've we've got a fun guest today. I um, have met Neil, actually, through the Motion Capture Society on Facebook, which our fantastic guest, Damien Gordon, uh, who we hosted on a previous podcast, was part of. So if you haven't listened to Damien's, uh, go listen to that today. But... um, Oh, I kind of gave it away. I kind of gave it away who we're interviewing <laughs> Who you are, already. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, your name. that's the first question done. No, I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into the questions. I'm super excited for today's guest. And uh, and it's really exciting because we're going to be touching upon a topic that we haven't discussed much uh, so far on the podcast. A lot of it's been about gaming, but today we're going to be talking about it in TV and film. So that's really yes. fun. I'm
2: um, so excited. So please
0: could you tell us your name and where you grew up?
2: Well, my name is Neil Watson. Thank you for having me on the show. I am actually originally from Aguadilla, Puerto Rico, uh, Mm -hmm. which is actually nobody knows this, but it's a little bit on the left coast or the left west coast of the island. That's where I come from. I grew up there for born and raised for about 24 years.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, we had, I think we've had anyone from Puerto Rico here before. So this that's is the first. Great
2: to be the first. Great <laughs> yeah, to represent. <laughs> <That's right.
0: laughs> and can you tell us uh, about your job, what you do, your title, and where you work?
2: So, I uh, first and foremost, I'm a writer director. Um, I am also a local 600 camera operator. So, that's in, in the freelance world, that's kind of how you make your money. Um, as a director and writer, that's, I also make money, but I do works on the side, but the majority of the time that I work as camera operator, um, I have my own production company called Film Dreams Inc., which we basically create everything content wise. We are mainly in the narrative film world. So we do anything from short films, features, sizzles, proof of concepts, all that stuff. Uh, but we do branch out to commercials, Uh, music videos and branded content, everything that we can possibly get our hands on.
0: Amazing. And, uh, you've worked in the performance capture space a lot. So how would you best describe what performance capture is? Uh,
2: There's so many ways. Um, (laughs) I guess performance capture to me, it's, it's really interesting because I got into it first of all, by truly by accident. Um, both me and my partner are in it, um, and we were called – we were hired to do a restructuring of a one of the studios at Digital Domain um, to which we, we rewrapped wires and took out cameras because it was supposed to be a reshoot for a movie. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm a, I'm a union camera operator, so right when that job was about to start, I got pulled to do another show. Um, so my partner ended up, uh, finishing that show for about two weeks when they finished all the cameras and everything moving, I had time off and they asked me to come back and put on a, one of the suits, which I've <laughs> never done in my life until that moment. Not the most flattering thing you'll ever wear, but <laughs> nope. No, I've discussed very, it before. Very, cool to have it on. You do feel kind of like you're putting on a costume of sorts, yep. or you're putting on a, a layer of another body. Um, and we we were put into this volume for about four hours, very small, um, but still fully decked out with every single camera that the the every single UV light camera that they had. Uh, and once we were in, we saw a couple of monitors where we saw, I guess, a scene of the film. And nobody really knew, but there was a castle and there was a Delorean in it. So I, for some reason, had just finished reading Ready Player One and figured out that that was the end of the movie. Oh
0: wow, very <laughs> so, cool. yeah,
2: about an about an hour in of testing in Walk Spielberg and just kind of gives us a couple of uh, <laughs> instructions to move around and stuff like oh. that.. So- so we good end up that, it's good around. that like that
1: wasn't the first time and you weren't nervous or you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that's great. And then Spielberg walked in, it's like, oh, this is fine. This is normal. No pressure at all
2: for somebody who's aspiring to be a director and do films. Yeah, it's not like oh, time, oh yeah, no, the no, greatest awful. of all time just decides to walk in, you know. Like when
0: you're in a lycra suit.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like I was Living like most best. <laughs> And you're beautifully decked out and like little, you know, diamond balls on. You're like, oh, this is the best I've ever looked. Nope. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Spielberg. I'm a very serious
1: film director. Nice to meet you. Uh, oh, just exactly. A cool, so this, everything this in your head next, is I'm... saying that and all you're doing is,
2: uh, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, That's no, I mean, amazing. It was, it was great. It was. Uh, so
0: hold on a minute. Hold on the okay. first mocap job that you ever did was in front of steven spielberg
2: pretty much yeah <laughs> incredible first ever, first I love ever it. performance like again i've i've filmed uh certain games and stuff like that and, and everything but that was um and and when i was in film school in orlando there was there was a time where we you know there was a there, they had a small volume to teach you how kind of what it meant to be doing that because it was starting uh, not starting but it was growing at the time when I was in film school, but never, never to the point where I had seen it. And again, it's just really funny because I got out of the The funny thing is when I talked to my partner Veronica about it. She did all the work rewiring and making sure that the cameras were brand new for it. And I got like the spoils of it. So I got to like sit there <laughs> Move hmm. around, have my body recorded. Like at somewhere in that final battle in Ready Player One, there's a little Puerto Rican like body <laughs> moving around <laughs> somewhere. Which I, I find that I find that genuinely hilarious and and pretty awe inspiring when you think about it. It's like yeah, oh, there's yeah, a for sure. piece of me in that big movie somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so I
0: wasn't expecting you to bring up Spielberg. So that's pretty amazing because there is yeah. another director that you've been working very closely with on a huge yeah. project, which. I think other than Lord of the Rings and Gollum that we talked to Remington Scott about uh is I mean the is the motion capture movie of the century of the decade of forever but um let's talk about um so actually there's we've discussed that how you discovered performance capture and like what was your first project so your first project was Ready Player 1 basically with was it you said you worked on some video games before that as well so you want to talk about like when you kind of began to understand the technology and and when you were introduced to that
2: well, it was really funny because my my introduction, like the introduction to the technology. I'm I'm a big researcher, so I'm always on YouTube. I'm always looking at stuff. I I any movie that I love, I've always been on it. So, ever since um like Lord of the Rings and 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 even the first Avatar came out, I was always trying to find. It's like oh, how did they do this? How did they? It's just I'm always tinkering. I'm always trying to figure out how they did it. So. It's really funny because I I can say I was involved in like indirectly in the research part of it. But when I really like actually sat there, that was literally my first day on a volume, like an actual true professional mm-hmm. film or, or gaming volume. Um, first, like I said, in film school, I had done, I think it was a week that we did where somebody came in and tried, I can't remember the name of the teacher, uh, but they had given us kind of a... It's a very brush kind of summary of like, hey, this is what's happening when it comes to this area. Uh, They do have a game, um, a gaming program. So the fun part about our school was, is that it was gaming, music production, film production, and business management for all of those productions that you would do. So it was really cool because one of the first things our film teacher would tell us, or the first one that I met was like, try to branch out to every other department, go see what they're doing, because all of this is interconnected, especially if you want to do film. So I did exactly that. I was going through, every on my days off, I would come to school and I would go to other departments and I would go see the performance capture on the gaming department. If there was a game that was being, or there was, um, something of a project like we would call our thesis at the end. So if the gaming production had a thesis, they were building a small, tiny game or characters. I would go to see how they would do it. They would actually, you know, I understood how they would build it graphically and then they would populate it with an actor or something to actually get all the motions and stuff. So that, that was my first kind of like, Oh, wow. But then coming here to LA, it was really funny because I was in reality shows a lot. That's how I made my money. And because of a coordinator from a show who took the job at Digital Domain, that's how we got in there, which is wow. exactly how the freelance world is. It's like, you never know where you're going to hit. You never really yeah. choose. It kind of just happens. Uh, and so <laughs> that's when, when we did Digital Domain, funny is, is that the the boss that um, we were hired under was actually the key grip for the new Avatar sequels. And so that's how the train kind of kept going we got hired, um, you know, he basically called us and said, hey, we really like how you guys work and everything. And we think you're great people. So we are doing pre-production if you want to come in and just, you know, it's, it's not the biggest job, but we did pre-production, you know, building office tables and stuff like that. And then as we were getting close to, to principal photography and stuff like that, and the volume was coming in and we were seeing all the actors and we were seeing all the cameras come up, um then they started actually saying well you guys want to do the run and then they found out I gave them a resume they found out I'm a um, union camera operator which they were looking for and you know the rest is history I did wow and
0: pretty then the much... rest is history that you were sat next to James Cameron <laughs> filming Avatar. <laughs> pretty much
2: for, for close, close to three years of my life sitting next to him almost five five well, that years, is
1: I can't tell you how much this blows my mind even like talking to you because like i to say i'm one of the biggest avatar stands in the world is an absolute understatement i have watched the first one probably about a thousand times and the second the second one i saw the second the second one obviously in full imax and everything but the second it came on disney plus i've now been watched it like a good 10 times already like i love those movies so much visually what they did to push the medium like Mm. i was exactly the same as you as soon as the first one came out like i have to know how they accomplished yeah. this and i was there watching all of these youtube videos about you know these kind of uh live rendered i think it was one of the first times that they ever did like live rendering uh mm-hmm. like on set and things like that with the mocap suit so you could kind of see them yeah. as sort of like a bit of a blue outline of you know And back when those films were being shot that's like mind-blowing stuff so i think it's really awesome to get to talk to you because i think at the avatar movies in particular are absolutely at the forefront of pushing this
2: tech to like the absolute limits like 100 <laughs> well it's it's really interesting that you say that because it and, it and it's you can see it on the set too um it's like like you said i'm i was big i was massive mm. fan still am a massive fan of the first one like i mean first of all i've, I've followed you know, James Cameron says all his movies. I mean, I, I'm a fan. I mean, he doesn't yeah. do a movie unless technologically something is happening. <laughs> uh, and and if you look at his record, he's never his none of his movies have ever flopped. Every single yeah. movie has made money and over mm-hmm. what it did. Uh so it's I mean, it's he's a great storyteller. He he, he funny thing is, is he knows everyone's job on set. <laughs> just just like it's pretty scary like the man knows every like he knows a little bit of everything it's pretty impressive but no i i I agree with you the the technology and and just the the incredible breakthrough that it does um on set we had almost every major director come in at least once every couple of miles uh we were this is just like little snippets um when we did the water tank, which was every single water scene that you've mm-hmm. seen literally shot. Uh, we were in for about I want to say six to seven months just on the water. And uh and we had everyone from Alejandro Nuratu, uh John Favreau, uh I believe Spielberg came in twice. Uh we had who else was it that was there all the time? John Favreau was there because Mandalorian was right next to us so he was oh, cool. there a yeah. lot he was a really great guy really really cool dude yeah. uh we had christopher nolan come in which is that, that was my geek out moment yeah kind of <laughs> for sure to meet him and like see a purist of the film world come in and actually check out the purist of the digital world is really impressive to watch mm-hmm. and really really funny um but yeah it's it was they were all looking at what he was doing uh, what's really cool about the medium is, is that they, they just all share everything. I mean, um, I think, uh, one of the stories that we had, we had heard when, cause we had Peter Jackson come in, which was one of That's the funniest stories. So Peter Jackson would come in and they would have a cup of tea for him already ready for him and everything. So he'd <laughs> walk around with a cup of tea while he's looking at all the technology, which was awesome. Um, but they did, um. For you, that uh, sounds
0: really that sounds strange. For me, that's just like that's what
2: we yeah, do. Yeah, of course. Honestly, <laughs> you'd have a conversation. I've actually like... sat here right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's close to home. Um, no, but it was it was really fun to watch because all of these directors are coming in to check out the technology, and you know, it's it's a very wide open medium. Um, mm. You know, Lightstorm has a lot of it, I think, under patent, but I'm not sure. But it was really fun because, um, before I get sidetracked, the story it goes because. Cameron, when they were doing the first one, they used a lot of that technology from the first one, went into... It was already slightly on video games. So they took it from video games in a way, mm-hmm. used it for performance. And he calls it... He doesn't even call it motion capture. He calls it... Or James Cameron calls it performance capture. It's yeah. all here is basically yeah. what he says. Um But they used it on Tintin. That was one of the big first ones that they did. Right. Tintin was all the animation and stuff that that was spielberg and jackson coming to cameron watching him on on avatar and then just pulling from that and then
1: so, getting andy circus in like that's the like,
2: again, circus.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah exactly <laughs> and then you look at and then uh, obviously you know like you've got Peter Jackson was was you know the one who created Weta so from yeah. that on it's like that's where the performance capture that's where all the joy in comes This is in.
0: where the podcast is going this is the pod- yeah. performance <laughs> capture yeah. podcast goals Yeah, yeah. these guys <laughs> we're getting closer We're getting closer, we're always, closer. Yeah I mean,
2: I'm telling you it's, it's and it's amazing to watch um, the from from the standpoint of video game because i did i did do um i was able i was really nice between doing avatar i got called because i knew a lot of the cam ops there and we talked a lot of them do a lot of the reference camera for gaming so i got to do the the full intro i believe i worked on the full intro for ghost of tsushima the game uh, which Mm did you
0: that i did that i did the trailer for that at digital domain did you do that at digital
2: domain so no i don't i can't remember if i did the trailer. we might have you know what we might have. Mm-hmm. I, I know for a fact like the days that i remember there i know for a fact it was the intro because we had um we had a uh, i think it was a japanese interpreter or or counselor mm-hmm. I think it was who brought out she brought like authentic japanese swords and everything and we had the whole intro where the um uh, where the general everybody's on their horses on top of the ridge so i remember that very clearly we're just mm. like we're the only little four reference cameras on each corner and it's mm-hmm. it's funny because gaming it's hilarious gaming is so different to what cameron does so different um gaming is more your reference camera for us as you put them on each corner you're taking full wides and your body movement for obviously the performance to jot those down, aside from the fact that you're getting all, every, all the movement from the suits. Hmm. When it comes to Avatar, since it's so massive and just, just nobody else does it this way, it's so big that what Cameron does is he takes us, even though we're supposed to be referenced, we're supposed yeah, to be all wide, cameras. Hmm. he basically takes us to film the movie. We film all the actual yeah. shots. So he'll put us on close-ups, on mediums and things like that. And he has a massive grid of all of our cameras because at the moment we're filming the whole scene, he's also got his monitor and he's putting his virtual camera where he wants it. But then he captures the performances and that's what he then tells Weta to put on facial and movement
1: ones. Mm-hmm. It, I, it's, I, it's an yeah.
2: entire It's I call it the God complex, in my opinion, because you're literally God. You're just <laughs> moving little bits everywhere. Um, but it's amazing
0: know. to see that he does that. He continues to use the filmic uh, process in performance yes. capture, and the reference cameras become you know, the main setup.
2: Yeah. And as an yeah. actor, it's, it's amazing because there is, I mean, you're building sets Like we we mm. built, we were on set and there was actual massive sets built. I mean, you saw the second one, that entire ship flipping around, that was done for real. There was no, there mm-hmm. was, it wasn't like we went into the water with the ship. But that was tr- – we built an entire truss, an entire platform of the ship. And there was an what? actual ship on the, on the medium. Did they
0: use some of the Titanic stuff? <laughs> yeah,
2: they must have done No, it. no, but but we did. He does have it on a stage in a museum. We actually oh, really? saw the miniature of the Titanic and we saw the wheel. And he has the car. that too. was
0: done at Digital Domain too, right? Because I've seen yeah. the, the stuff they uh... –
2: yeah they have have, uh, but in Manhattan Beach they have he has an entire studio which is his set so he has up to scale Avatar Navis Um, then he has he has the actual robot suit (sighs) up to scale which you can get on (sighs) uh and then he, does he also need like, had... does he need
1: like a cleaner to work there because honestly like i would do anything to just like <laughs> i'll just
0: to walk Peter around Jackson. there I'm happy about for a that. bit
2: do you know what i mean like <laughs> oh wow that's incredible i had i had a friend who was a pa who was who was stationed there every night like for the tank and then just to kind of watch the studios and i was like man you've got the best life yeah. <laughs> selfies with everything it's like yeah. it's awesome. Um, I was gonna say as well just a
0: call back to another episode uh, whilst we're Mm. talking on here Deborah Wilson uh, talks a lot about when she met James Cameron and she started doing the physicality for the Na'vi in the really original early early stages and uh, if you haven't listened to that episode uh, go back and listen to that episode she talks about how she decided that she had to do it naked um so that's a really that's a really fun episode too that's uh, if you're interested in avatar and you're enjoying this episode so far to uh, go back and listen to that because we have a great time talking about talking mm. about her experience bringing that <laughs> to life yeah i, I can, wanted to just see that yeah i want to
1: just touch on quickly i think there's something Mm -hmm. so fascinating about you know the insight that you have into james cameron's process and the you know the idea of kind of capturing uh you know shots within a volume you know very very specific shots like that like from your opinion as a sort of camera up and, and and also as a director you know what do you what do you feel like the difference is versus just using like a virtual camera or something that obviously you know most like video games and things like that will use to to build up their shots like what are the kind of big uh uh kind of plus you know what i mean like is it is it just for your process or is it really that you feel like you you do manage to capture something natively in the camera which actually you can't replicate with the virtual camera
2: that's uh, shit that's a great that's a great complex question um <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think what, what I what I saw was um at first it's really interesting because you're looking at an empty volume. Uh and in some ca- but but he does one of the things that he does differently from gaming that I think certain games. Um there there are a lot of games, like I thought Ghost of Tsushima was great. They they with what they had because gamings are done in such smaller volumes a lot of times um even the last of us is is they they have for their cutscenes they definitely have little bits of sets and stuff like that for you to do what cameron would do when it comes to sets is you have you have full-fledged sets um so the virtual world is already built the jungle the, the ocean the world is is done it's in a very kind of PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3 graphics kind of render. So it's very yeah. skeletal, but you do get the gist. You you know that there's a whole layer that's coming in afterwards. What's really cool, though, is, is that they take that and they have an entire art department and they will build a set. They will have vines. Anything that they touch in the virtual world in the movie, there is an actual live thing that they are touching. So the performance, wow. that's why he calls it performance capture. Because you, the, the actors are truly, truly performing. He doesn't leave it. It there's very rare in certain scenes that it's kind of like you sit there and it's your imagination of like this is here, this is here. No, everything is tactile. Everything yeah. has to be touched
1: i think that i think that really reads though because you can tell you know one of my biggest uh things is like you know i don't i i don't know why some people like in, the directors insist on like having actors touch cgi stuff because it like it never looks great you know what i mean yeah. Where it's like yeah. oh look at my hand hovering on this dragon and you can kind of just really tell that like there's no actual contact there whereas uh-huh. when you watch the way of water and like the one bit that always jumps out to me is the they put they put it in the trailer and i'm pretty sure they put it in the trailer just for nerds like me which is when jake kind of grabs the reins of his like the sea when he's in the the in the water with the sea cron and it's uh, yeah. like the kind of water's going over his hand and he's grabbing hold of it and i was just like that it just it was like so visually gorgeous to see did you see how that, that kind did of you weight see how that the really interaction?
2: yeah i saw that yeah <laughs>
1: yeah it's
2: a real it's a real hand it's like a real it's uh one of our performers capture kevin doorman who's uh who's pretty much does e- almost every body in there Mm. It, at least male wise is his. They have a troop of, of actors that come in and Dorman has been with them since, since the very first one. He's, he's a good, really mm. cool dude, really great guy. Um, but he does almost everything. And it was his hand. Uh, there was, there was, we did it in performance capture so they could, cause we did a, almost, we, God, how can I say this? We shot that movie at least three times. At least. <laughs> Wow, because we the cool part is, is he used the virtual and the performance capture almost as a previs to when he went and did the live section in New Zealand, right? Really interesting. We really shot the second movie about three times over just so that when he went to the live action because the kid grows, we had we had our main child at like 12 years old and all of a sudden he sprouted and he's 15 by the end of this by the end of the shoot.
1: So and suddenly kinda, he's talking
2: like this <laughs> yeah so we, we filmed him virtually we had a lot of the stuff and then he had to go after while he was training and stuff he had to then go to new zealand and do all the live actions once he grew but it was uh yeah it's 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 really really an interesting way of of filmmaking altogether mm. um when it when it comes to that performance and everything um again it's about being tactile the one of the biggest stories that uh cameron would always talk about when we were on set aside from the many many inside stories that i that i now have in my head forever um he he said that one of the reasons he wanted to do it this way is because on the first one if you look at there's only one water scene one sequence and it's like I don't know, five to 15, between five to 15 seconds. That's mm-hmm. when Jake jumps over the waterfall, gets taken by the river. Yeah. They did that on wires. And Jim always on set said he, it's the one scene out of the movie that he despises. Mm-hmm. He, he wish he could have cut, but it was so integral to like that chase sequence. He couldn't, but mm-hmm. they did that like with Jake on Apple boxes or wires. And you can tell, just like you said, like somebody mm-hmm. touching a CGI. You can tell it's completely fake. There's no water there. He's not really, there's no, um, one of the things, uh, Cameron is very uh, prides himself in as a director. And I think it's one of the lessons that I took is you've got to build, you've got to put these characters into these, if you're putting them in these massive worlds and these things are happening to them, it has to be believable. They have to go through it in order for you, the audience to actually believe it. Yeah. So if they're not going through it, if they're not touching something real and all that stuff, then in the virtual world it's going to look fake. You're going to feel that. It's it's all about mm-hmm. the feel. And yeah. I think that's one of the one of the most incredible things that I learned is like it's it really is true. Anything that you're shooting, anything you're performing, if you don't feel it, it really doesn't come across. Even if you're thinking, "Oh, this is the best performance." The majority of the time, best performance or something like that is not really it. It's when you're it's when it's felt. That's when yeah. you know everybody else uh, but yeah, it's uh, like you said, it's it's very interesting to, to watch because there was there was so many things we would prep a good hour, two hours when we knew kind of the scene and we would uh, and the majority of the performance captures would come out. They were already suited up. They would come out and actually touch all the background, all the environment. So that they could line it all up on the computer so that when they walked in and touched something, it would actually line up on their X, Y. So whatever they touched a vine or a branch mm. or something, it would already line up. Mind you, there's glitches going on all the time. And you had to, <laughs> yeah. to move or, or Jim would come in every morning and be like, no, the set's, uh, the set's not correct. We got to move the set because the virtual world never moves. Which I I did never understood that. <laughs> right. He would move the actual set as opposed to the virtual world. And surely it would make a little more sense to move the virtual world. But yeah, yeah. who am I to question? But then, but then it was really funny because there were days where he was like, Well, I don't like the moon here, so I'm gonna move it over here and we're like what? what? <laughs> Moving like, the moon.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, well, you can do that if you're James Cameron, right? You can yeah move exactly. just like, oh forced. I like the moon
2: over here. My eclipse doesn't look great because it doesn't give me the light that I want. So let's move the moon just a quarter <laughs> inch to the left. I was like, okay
0: <laughs> I love it. So anyway, um we've talked a little bit about your experience on the motion capture stage, but maybe you can just encapsulate your favorite thing about motion capture with maybe a funny or silly story that you have that is memorable for you on the mocap stage
2: there's there man there's a lot of uh, again the majority of of what i said i mean i have favorite times um uh i guess uh, I, when it comes to motion capture i think more than anything it was it was really toiling but the water sequences were by far my favorite mm-hmm. uh, i was never It's really funny. I have one and and I'm still trying to find that picture somewhere, but I have one, there's one sequence where they're all, all the kids when the, when the whale has been kind of harpooned with the beacon in the film, uh, all the kids come in, they're trying to take it out. And so, and it's really funny because in motion capture, we're taking, we we are filming the movie. We're taking reference, but we're all filming it for James Cameron. So, um but at the end of the day the shots that are lined up for the film and everything it's him he picks those shots kind of they're not exactly our shots per se it's really it's a weird weird technicality when it comes to performance capture and actual filmmaking i think it's the
0: same for actors though right like we we do our performance and then the people and the animators and the editors they choose what parts of our performance that they're going to use
2: so we never really know and even mm-hmm. in the motion, because sometimes there's a stunt and sometimes you know they like your movement, but they want an exactly more precise movement, so they'll bring a stunt double to come in and actually do that, which they did on Avatar a lot. It's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the action sequences were done with stunts and then they put in the body. That's a and 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 I don't think that's the thing. That a lot I know a lot of people call that cheating sometimes. I don't think it is. I think it just it it gives value to the performance. It makes it uh really, really interesting. But with, with water, it was, it was very interesting to watch. Like my story, one of my favorite days was for the whale, for the pyacon. They actually had an entire half of a headset that was put inside of this water tank. Now the water tank has a wave machine as well, which had four foot waves going. Wow. So... there's a picture of me and and it was one of my, my favorite sequences because I knew all the kids are fantastic actors and they're great people to work with. And so um, I think I was one of the reference cameras, everyone's outside or underwater in windows. And then there's a couple of cameras inside of the water. Um, But then there was no camera that was precisely what Jim wanted. And I I was right next to Jim and he's like, "I, I don't have the angle. I was like, well, you probably need somebody on top of the whale filming them. And he's like, go do it. <laughs> so <laughs> basically on four foot, four foot waves. Now that the, the pyacon is, is the head is actually um, the way the volume is. It's just like a volume, but in the water. So they have a stage that is, that can go up and down. They can take the water out and stuff like that, but they have hooks in there so they can basically manage to stage or to, to clamp anything they want on this base. So they clamp the head to this base and everything, but you're still getting four foot waves. So you're swinging yeah. some sneakers and a, and a, and a, and a bathing suit. And I'm <laughs> and the only thing that's tied. I'm not even tied to it. You the need only- a picture I- of that I- for this.
0: Yeah, the, I would love to. yeah.
2: If, if you ever find that picture, I would love to have it too. <laughs> I, I know there is because the the behind the scenes photographer is a good friend actually came up to me and said, that was a great picture that you'll probably never see in your life. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> but it was it was really cool. We I actually got to film that entire wide scene and the shots in the movie per se, or at least a variation of that shot. Um, but it was really interesting because... Cameras, my camera's tied off. I'm not tied off. I'm just balancing act. But the, the one of the cool things about performance capture in water is that they had to build brand new suits for this. Uh, on top of the fact that they had to make sure that the light, that they, they were they were filming something that never had been done was filming in the water. But on top of that, Cameron didn't want to just do that. He wanted to be able to film on top of the water and at the bottom of the water simultaneously to which they figured out that they had to cover light on that came from the top, but then they had to have light on the top in order to film on the top scene. So there was, it was, there's was a lot wow. of things and me as, as a creative and, and just, I love the nuts and bolts of it to see all of that technology coming together was, was probably one of my, and, and to be able to film an action sequence on top of a whale that I see the movie now and go, wow, that's, <laughs> that was pretty cool. It always brings me back to that. So that's, probably one of my favorite memories of, of filming with the motion cap and seeing actual motion capture being done at the same time that I'm filming and I'm watching all the technology and everything going and It's like, wow, this is pretty Especially impressive. Especially the fact that this is wow. happening
0: in water. Like, yeah, it's it, exactly. I mean, crazy it, to me.
2: It's amazing to see. I mean, the, the fact that, cause, cause I mean, you guys obviously know, I mean, even for your audience, but I mean, performance, those, those cameras, Really, when when people see it, a lot of people think, "Oh, those all these little cameras are taking." It's like, no, all these little cameras are not really cameras. What they're doing is they're punching light mm. into your suit so that it reflects back, and they can capture the information. So at least your skeletal movements are there, and then we as reference give almost everything else that they need, and then you have your helmets and your performance capture, which is your entire face. Mm. So it's three stages. Th- or and even more that you have to do in order to come up with one thing. And then if we sit here and talk about the rendering factor that we learned of like, it's, I mean, i just give you a, a hint. Um, Cameron came one day and we were talking about just kind of the rendering for avatar and he's, I mean, it's 24 frames for one second of, 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 uh, of a scene. Mm. And almost every frame, because of how much data that has, how much performance capture, I think took about a week just to render one frame. So (laughs) I think that's that's another thing to me in performance capture that is impressive. It's like, if you're doing something like Avatar and you're editing it, you're editing it and then you're sending it out and then you're waiting weeks on end before you get a result back for a certain amount of seconds and then in those seconds then you have to cut again to figure it it's and this is why a lot of people are like oh it took why does it take forever to do this type of movie it's like because it really does it's like yeah. the technology's there but it's not like it's instantaneous. yeah if you're
0: getting rendering back once a week like of course this is going to take years um this has been one of my favorite ep- i mean i feel like each time we get another guest uh, i'm yeah. like this is my favorite but this really you know <laughs> as neil knows some of my goals are to move my performance capture work towards film and television and uh this has really given me an incredible insight and uh i think anybody listening to this is is going to be so excited to um to be just to hear this this episode so um before we wrap up what advice would you give to other people listening that maybe want to do perhaps camera for performance capture or maybe their writer director and some of the stuff that you've learned like where do they get started can you give them some tips and advice on Maybe just, I mean, not even to get started, maybe there's a lot of people listening that just want to move things forward. Like, what would you say is a piece of advice that you would give?
2: Uh, I think as a filmmaker and, and I do this a lot i'm um I'm in and out of that world um only because of out I mean the third one's coming up so and but we shot that already so it's like we're, mm. we're waiting to see and they've pushed it which Jasper you're gonna go nuts with the third one uh, if you really like the second one I'm, I'm just so excited you a heads up, the third one is just just they keep rising on the level it's, it's crazy uh, yes okay. um I think for me uh it was really fun like I said for me it was accident it was accident going in um anybody who goes into that world I think is as long as you build a relationships and and you continue to be interested it's it's about being curious in that world um it's it's really I mean when you see the way motion pictures are being made right now especially Disney it's literally where that's going like that's mm-hmm. that's their format right now in a lot of things anything from Star Wars to everything else there are practical effects, and the cool part is the motion capture. From what I've been seeing, is, is there's a lot of small stages being built. Yeah, and they're popping really up everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I go I go to a lot of like CineGear and NAB and stuff like that, and I've seen a lot of a lot of new stages just popping up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I will say it's it'll be really fun to watch um, if they can get it right. I would be really interesting to see motion capture with the AR walls that are just popping up everywhere.
1: I was literally uh, going to say it's something that mm-hmm. they've once just Those popped things. up in Manchester and it's, I'm mm-hmm. desperate to get in there and film
2: something because it's really, really yeah, cool. It's, there's there's one here in North Hollywood we just went to um, and we I, I met a music video director and he was like, oh, you've got to come to the stage. I use it all the time and you would oh, love man, it. Oh
0: I'd like to see that. I'm over mm-hmm. that yeah. way. Yeah.
2: They are—they're yeah. called CinePack. Uh, promo for CinePack there. Uh, but Cinepack <laughs> Studios—it's in North Hollywood—and they're really, really cool dudes. They have their own—they have their own soundstage, which is really cool with like little bits of sets. But they—what's really cool about them, at least in the North Hollywood area that I know of—I'm sure everybody else does this—but they have a render artist there, which you can basically get them to render anything on the on the on the wall as background. Uh, but they have kind of their their stage has the capacity to be a small volume, because obviously volume you've got to do the gray tones, you've got to have everything monotonous, so that all that light and everything can just mm. concentrate on one thing. But it's really interesting. I would love to see where that goes, and it's probably already going that way. I mean, Mandalorian used it, yeah, a lot. That Layar yeah. wall was so. <laughs> but performance capture for anybody, once you're in. It, it, that's the thing is it's really interesting unless you are contacting somebody straight up that's in it, that can get you through the door. It's one of those, I don't know about how, how you guys did it or how you did Victoria, but I mean, to me, it was, it's, like I said, it was an accident almost. It was just oh, like, we were yeah, hired. I had
0: no idea. What
2: was yeah. We said yes to the opportunity and mm. we just, and we just move forward with the opportunity and we meet. And so from there, it's really fun because from there I got to do games and stuff like that never thinking that that was going to be a path that as a filmmaker, I was going to do. But for me, it was really cool as a camera operator, Loved doing everything of it as a director. It was invaluable because I got to see a new process of filmmaking. So it was, mm-hmm. I just would tell everybody just kind of do that and continue to research because I'm on YouTube at all times trying to yep. figure things out. Um, <clears throat> and there's a lot of people out there that, just don't really do that. They go in, then they're they're in. They work it, and that's it. It's like no, find if you want to create something within the world, find out all the nicks and crannies. Because like I said, James Cameron knew everyone's job. Yeah, he knew he knew where the software was. He knew how they could move. He and and you know he's we always had a joke where we could, we said if if Cameron found a way to clone himself. We, 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 a lot of people would be out of a job. <laughs> be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, so funny because I think. Movies, yeah.
1: It's so funny because right. I think that one of the big things that I've always uh, felt uh, is that as a director, like you're, uh, you know, I always view the job as like almost being a facilitator. And I think that, mm-hmm. that idea of knowing everyone, like a little bit of everyone's job, like knowing how to speak the language of a camera op and a lighting op yeah. and a grip and a AD and whatever, and being able to pull all of those things together to make one cohesive film, like that's the way I view directing. Is is like it's, it's not to be a leader, right? You
0: have yeah, to be exactly. A good leader, it's like it's... you have to know
1: it's one thing to have like a great artistic vision, but it's another thing entirely differently to be able to thread together all of these different people and different departments to get them all onto the same page, to move in the same direction. Um, and I think that it's really cool actually to hear that like, you know, that's how he operates and you know, that he does have that kind of level of understanding and it also doesn't surprise me given, you know, just how incredible these, you know, these movies come out. Cause I feel like if you had a disjointed uh,
2: group, it might feel uh, very different. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. No, it was, it was, <laughs> I can I can tell you I mean one one of my one of my favorite favorite stories uh, and it'll be quick of all time was I was doing a shot we were doing an entire sequence with all the actors all the kid actors and everything and of course you know child actors you only have you know depending on the age you only have them for eight hours and that's it mm. uh, and we had we had easily sixteen cameras on the day. Uh, and we were all covering small pieces. So to make it long story short, I was covering the close-up of of one of them. Very pivotal role. He's supposed to turn around, look back, and I'm supposed... To, and Cameron is a major... He's. It's all about this. Like, mm. this is your mm-hmm. shot. There's never this. It's this all the time. And he wants both eyes on, on the lens. Um, we rehearsed it two times. I had... <laughs> It's really funny. I always I always say this story and it's 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 not never blaming Sam Worthington. It's just really funny because of the look he gave me. But Sam Worthington is literally sitting there, he he stands up and then the kid turns around and looks at him. And we rehearsed it and Sam always stood up and that was it. And I'm on the left side of the leg and the kid turns and it's perfect on on the moment of action of the shot he stands up and moves his leg towards me blocks me and i never get the shot (gasps) so when we go to because every time you have to shoot because of so many cameras cameron does his shot then he goes to the wall he looks at all the performances he never figures i guess he never saw mine and we were about to wrap the kid and i was like no 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 jim i didn't get your shot like your close-up on my camera didn't come out there was a Sam's leg moved. I I'm I think if I shift to the side, I'll get it if that happens again. So he sees the shot. He's like, okay. Ne-. Of course, 300 people in one set. And all <laughs> Neil of a didn't sudden, like, Jim called yeah. out your name. He's like, well, Neil didn't get it. So we're going again. Like, so God, right off the bat, you're going, oh, shit, the pressure. So I yeah. go again. The shot happens again. Sam goes in. Even though I've moved, Sam walks into my shot. I missed the shot. I hear Jim from the other side of the stage because he's now looking at the screen. He's already got a shot. And I got yelled. Like, I was like, Neil, what the f-? Why can't we get... It's like, I thought you moved, blah, 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 And, of course, the first AD at that point goes, we have to wrap the kid. And this, this. so it's, it's one of those, like, oh, shit, I just fucked up this entire <laughs> shot. Now they have to do it again tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. So completely behind schedule. Jim was you know, it's a, it's $2 billion film, whatever. He's like, what the fuck? It's been six months. I can't believe you missed that shot. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is, is like, it's not even me. It's like, (laughs) somebody's leg got in my shot. That shouldn't have been there. But that's okay. You can't do that. You can't say that. So they're they're actors and and no messing with Sam. Like, no, no thing. I mean, he was, it was really funny because we both traded eyes and he was just like, dude, you gotta do your job. I was like, yeah, no, I know. I know I have to. So, The next morning we come in and we're set up for the exact same shot. And our head, our head guy, our head operator basically takes me out to the side and goes, look, I'm going to put you in the back. <laughs> so I just take the wide shot because, you know, Jim might be in a mood. We don't want him to come in in the morning. Blah, blah, blah. And I think this was on a Friday, too, It was the end of the week. Mm. Uh, Jim walks in. Everybody's good. We're all set. We've already set all the actors. Everybody's in. Somebody else is taking my shot now. And Jim just walks in and says out to everybody and, and looks at the thing and it's like, well, wh- where's Neil? Where the, f- where the fuck is Neil? And I'm over in the back. I was like, hey, Jim, back here. Like chill. He's like, why are you fucking back there? Come on over here. No, get in your shot. We're going to have we're going to do your shot right now. You're going to get this thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Which we did. We sat. I sat back in. We did the rehearsal again. He saw it. It looked great. And then once he yells action, the kid doesn't turn around completely. And <sighs> I only get half. Nothing else. And Jim from the other side, like, Neil, what the fuck? I thought you moved. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I can't stay quiet. So I was like, no, 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 no. Jim, if you look closely, sorry, no disrespect. If you look closely, the, the boy, Jack, did not turn. He didn't turn fully. If he turns fully, I have him. And so he goes back and does the replay and sees it and goes, Okay, but he never says, he never like says you're right or nothing. He just says, okay, let's do it again. And then he tells tells the actor what to do and stuff like that. And then they do it. We shoot it. Everything's fine after that. Mind you, the day before, everyone who didn't know me in the last six months that we were working with now knows my name. (laughs) I mean, I got yelled at. But I I was, you know, I came in at the end of, at the end of the scene, we, we, we have a break, everybody's moving sets and stuff like that. And I came up to him and I said, Jim, hey, thank you so much for, for the, you know, for the chance to do it again. I really do appreciate Mm. it. I, you know, I, I know this is a big thing. He's like, no, no, no. And he looked at me and said, you know, I've, I've watched you work, you know, a hundred percent every time since you've been here for the last six months. It's like, you, you deserve a chance, but you only get one. (laughs) <laughs> and then he just walks away. I was like, Love, that's, yeah, that's there you go. That that's it. it. That's but great. Again, really...
0: as the skills of a leader, you know, <clears throat> not yeah. letting, yep. letting everybody enjoy, not enjoy, but everybody get to their full capacity. And if they're, you know, making mistakes to just again like learn from it themselves so they don't make it again because what he's not going to hire another person because you made one mistake you know but yeah. again like you say you get one mistake it's but so he interesting knows.
2: he knows that's what the other thing is too is he knows he knows to hire top people yeah and mm-hmm. from what i had learned when i started there it was it's very he's worked with all these people since like true lies he's mm-hmm. been working with all these crew the same crew And even Titanic, because a lot of the effects, a lot of the effects people from Titanic, Mm. a lot of the stuff grown with him all came to Avatar. So Mm -hmm. he's he's he knows very well that I mean he can possibly do everyone's job, he can't do it the way they can. And he knows that. And I think that's one as a director, being able to to kind of because i mean we're all control freaks in, in and sense. Yes. artists are contr- <laughs> we are as artists what do you mean we- i know right? <laughs> how could that possibly yeah. be we are
0: i have no idea what you're talking about
2: we are acd whatever you want to call all those letters that, it, that mm. are put out there psychologically <laughs> wise all I think yeah. you'll have them yeah, yeah. but yeah. i
0: think we have to in some ways right Cause exactly we're weird thing- and quirky and then anyone who mm. gets any sort of success needs to needs to be able to do a lot of things mm-hmm.
2: that but the cool thing about it was uh, again it's one of the one of the biggest things I learned is, is um I could possibly do I mean I do camera I do and I D P as well, but I'd rather not do that if I'm concentrated on one thing. I'd rather have somebody who's going to who's going to give me better ideas who's actually going to see something in a different way that I haven't seen. And that's mm-hmm. that's I think as like you said, Victoria, as as a leader, you have to make those choices too. So like you're not you're the smartest person in the room only because you've hired everyone that can make something good for yes. you. That's the only ma- thing that makes you smart because everybody else, if in a true, I, I think I've heard this from different directors. Uh, so I wouldn't name one specific, but, you know, a lot of them have said it's like I hire all the smartest people in the room. And if I'm the smart one or the smartest one in the room, that, that yeah, makes no sense. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, the same
0: with yeah. being a AAA lead in a game you know and, then, and and you have to be able to be directed you have to be able to take direction like if there's any like sub, like sort of hesitation or pushback on that stuff or your questioning crew or stuff like that, i mean it's just it's yeah. it's not going to work you know and yeah. at the same time you have a responsibility to lead um yeah. and it takes a certain individual to have that and i think it takes experience as well um you know oh, a lot it's, of it yeah and Definitely. failing and failing yeah. a lot you know, I've seen many, many lead actors do a great job and do a terrible job. Um, mm-hmm. And they lead the ship, whether it's a game or show or movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, how can everybody find you on social media?
2: <laughs> so Instagram, uh, I'm on, my Instagram handle is Neil Watson Director. Uh, my company handle is Film Dreams Inc., <laughs> Um, and then we are also on YouTube under Film Dreams, Inc. Um, got a page if anybody wants to subscribe. We always put up uh, of shorts. We have a short film that I directed um, and my partner was DP on. We did a, a thriller called Pool. And it's about a rideshare uh, driver that picks up the wrong passenger and just ends up in a world of, of crazy happenings around L.A. So we shot that. Uh, we've been in festivals now. I think we started. Yeah, it was the beginning of this year. We got into Mammoth, and it was just in Pasadena, and we have about a few other festivals. So amazing. And then you know, aside from that, we got proof of concept coming up. So yeah, very cool. About that. So very that's gonna cool. It's going to be fun. We'll be we'll be filming <laughs> that soon enough and uh, showing it to the world. So yeah, anybody can find out those amazing stuff. Thank, thank you so much. much. Yeah, thank you so amazing. much for being on the
0: show. Now it's. Uh, Pleasure, so much fun. I think everybody's gonna really enjoy this episode. And
2: Thanks, for Neil. Next us. time
1: I'm in LA, uh you no questions. I'm <laughs> buying you a drink, and
2: you're telling me all of these stories. Like, I, on, I hear all of them. <laughs> can sit. There's a couple bars next to the house. We can sit and have beers. I can tell you all the. At least now for the second one, I can tell you just yeah, about just, everything yeah, I can yeah, exactly. I remember. Yeah, the third one I can't, but the third one, trust me, you're you're gonna be. We'll it's actually get to be... you
0: get you back at some point as well.
2: Oh yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get you back on the phone for sure. Yeah, yeah uh, good. can't wait. All right. All right, thanks so much. Thank you, thank, thank you guys.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Vicon, the Academy Award-winning developer of motion capture products and services for the life science, entertainment, and engineering industries. Shogun, Vicon's visual effects software, developed specifically for the needs of the VFX community, captures performances effortlessly, in real time, and delivers robust, accurate, reliable data. The latest release of Shogun adds support for Valkyrie, Vicon's newest and most powerful range of optical cameras yet. Find out more at www.vicon.com. The Performance Capture podcast also gets its support from Motion Capture Orlando now offering remote access to direct your shoot from anywhere in the world. To learn more about their 38-camera Vicon stage, go to motioncaptureorlando.com.
1: Whether you're a past, present or entirely new student to book VOPCap during the strike, Victoria is offering a huge 50% off all private coaching sessions with her. Email bookvopcap at gmail.com to schedule your one-to-one session. Plus, her PCAP with the Pro Zoom class has now sold out of participant slots, but you can still audit the six-week course. Book now at bookvopcap.com. As a past student, I cannot recommend this highly enough.